Gather round, take a seat, relax. It's the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton, right here on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Afton from Linsfield Shul. It's a pleasure and an honor to be with you on this beautiful Tuesday, 6th of September. And uh, if you might hear my voice, a bit of an allergy, I think. Um, thank God springs in the air. And with it, the uh, running noses and uh, all the blessings of bright, fresh, new. You know, I, I often mention on the show the downside of, or not the downside, but the, the hard part to accept. And that is that, you know, September, growing up in the Northern Hemisphere, it was always the beginning of the school year, and Rosh Hashanah came at the beginning of the school year, and the beginning of the new year at work, um, versus over here that the Rosh Hashanah kind of comes at the end of the year. It's right the, it's between the third and fourth term, and within a few weeks after that, you're going on holiday. The anti-climax of trying to build momentum. But on the other hand, thinking about it, Rosh Hashanah over here is at the beginning of spring, versus the Northern Hemisphere, that Rosh Hashanah is the beginning of autumn, fall. And the incredible blossomingness and the, the freshness of a new year coming together with the fresh new year of, um, of spring, the freshness of that we're dealing with wherever we stand. Now, um, Rosh Hashanah is, what, two and a half weeks away, renewal, freshness, beginnings, change, transformation, resolutions, you know, throw whatever words you want on, on this time of the year. But it's definitely a, a unique time of the year. It's something that uh, we all take notice. We check up on our show membership and we check in with our Judaism. There's a, a lot of shiurim and classes and interest going on at this time of the year. People plug into their spiritual side, to their emotional side it's in unique and special ways. And it's awesome. It's awesome to be at this time of the year, especially in my line of work as being a rabbi of shul. This is what you live for the whole year, to see the, the momentum, the buildup, especially after two years without a normal Rosh Hashanah. The last time we had a, what we call normal Rosh Hashanah, normal Yom Tov was 2019. It's amazing three years later to be able to come back and have a, please God, you know, show and the big show uh, with the whole experience and the big crowds and the, the hugging and the handshakes and no, not the talking. Um, and the whole experience of it, the Kharashaft, the, the incredible power. So there's a momentum, there's a, there's a feeling that I think I haven't felt in a while, and looking around the people around me, we haven't felt it in a while, of you know, looking forward to something beautiful. And I think that's amazing, because for too long we've been dreading the future, and it's nice to anticipate the future. Too long we've been afraid of the next thing, and it's nice to be able to walk into it with excitement. And that's what the new year brings. It brings infinite potential. And we love that feeling, and it's beautiful to capitalize on it, right? When we stand at a wedding and we 
look at two people who declare their love to each other, not necessarily verbally by saying, I love you, but by the mere fact that they're getting married to each other. And obviously after that by the wedding speech where we have to hear the same um, Megillah every single time, but that's a talk for another time. Um, when you when you're standing at the wedding, you're appreciating the the freshness, the potential, the promise, the infinite possibility of this relationship. And you stand, you know, a baby's born, and everyone's screaming Mazel Tov, and you're you're, you're shouting for you're thrilled for the incredible potential. You're starting a new job, starting a new school year. Hopefully, if you're enjoying school, and you know new new opportunities a move, there's something that, that new freshness that is so intoxicating. And obviously we have to make sure to hold on to it, at least some of it, once things become, you know, repetitive and grabby and real life. But once a year, God gives us the opportunity to say, reboot, restart, let's do this again, differently. Let's show up with a whole different perspective. Let's show up brighter. Let's dance. Right? The, the song we just played, we danced round and round in circles as if the world had done no wrong. That was really the theme of the song, the idea that despite the incredible pain and tragedy that the past brought out to us or we brought onto ourselves, we dance into the new year. We celebrate, we, we dress in royalty, right? We show up well-dressed to Yom Tif, to Rosh Hashanah, and it's not about impressing the person next to you, but rather it's making a statement for yourself that this is a big day, it's an important time. I'm showing up um, because Rosh Hashanah is a big deal, because your kibber is a big deal, because I, I want to plug in again into myself. I'm not doing this out of guilt, I'm doing it out of commitment. I'm not doing it out of resentment of doing it out of hope. Because that's really what uh, Rosh Hashanah is. Rosh Hashanah is not to show up out of resentment and anger. It's to show up with hope. It's to show up and believe that newness is possible, that freshness is possible. Shana, the word Shana, which can translate as year, can also translate as Shinui, change. Rosh Hashanah is the head of change. It's the it's the beginning of change. It's the, you know, just like the head's the most important part of the body and sets the tone. We don't call it the new year, we call it the head of the year. And this is the head of change. This is when we can set change in motion that can have huge effects. Just like a seed. If you make a dent in a seed or if you affect the seed, the, the effects could be for many, many years in the tree that grows out of it. Versus if you make a dent in a tree that's fully grown, it won't make much of a difference. But the seed, every little action you do and how you plant it and what you do with it, when it's a small sapling, these things have huge consequences. So too Rosh Hashanah is when our year is still a sapling, still only potential. But because it is so, it, it holds within in it the whole year, just like the head holds within it the mechanism of the whole body. If we plug into Rosh Hashanah, our whole year can be transformed. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. 
This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtsin uh, from Nitzchiel Chul, and it's a privilege and an honor to be here with you on this Tuesday just before Yantif, two and a half weeks to Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of change. And we often, when we come close to Rosh Hashanah, we start panicking about what does change actually mean? What does it mean to change? What do you want me to do? Is this like some guilt writing? Is this about telling me that I'm not good enough? Is this about me focusing on all my flaws and how imperfect my, I am and deciding that I'm going to become perfect next year? Well, don't know. Uh, I don't know anybody who's ever become perfect. So I can't imagine that Rosh Hashanah means that I'm going to decide to become perfect next year. It's not, that's not what living in this world is. But rather, it's about being a better version of myself next year. Having better ideas, better emotions, and better behaviors, better actions. In other words, working on how I think, what feelings I indulge in, what thoughts I have, etc., that generate emotion, and what behaviors I do. And what, obviously what words I say, how I speak. Controlling what we can control. And doing a better job at it. But the first foundational idea a person needs before they start taking these resolutions is believing they can change. Today we live in a time where pretty much every person knows how messed up they are. <laughs> we live in a generation that, you know, we're all aware of the imperfections of our parents um, and the imperfections of our childhood and the imperfections of society. We're very, very aware, we're very in tune to all the ills of ourselves and the world around us. And that's extremely important. But the problem is it's not being compensated with by something even more important, knowing the strengths. Knowing our own strengths, knowing the strengths of people around us, knowing the strengths of our parents, the gifts that they gave us, not just the challenges. And that takes a lot more work than just acknowledging all the challenges we have. To really acknowledge the gifts that we have, it's a big deal to acknowledge the gifts. Do we do that? Do we sit back and say, wow, I am so blessed in my life. My parents, despite their imperfections, were gave me life itself, and they gave me so much. And my teachers, and the fact that I'm alive today means that lots of different people in their own little way made a difference that I'm here. Do I only focus on the faults of others and I see the world as broken and horrible and going downhill, or do I believe in people? And do I see their goodness? When people say, gosh, Rabbi, there's so much evil in this world, yeah. But there's much more goodness in this world than there is evil. Evil is louder. Evil is um, at the front page of every newspaper and at every website, and it, it makes its rounds on WhatsApp very quickly, and every tragedy. Right? Nobody's forwarding around the WhatsApp saying, I'm having a good day. Um, but when things are going upside down, that's when information travels. But we, we have a warped perception of reality in which bad happens much more often than good. There are many more bad people than good people. 
people do more bad things than good things, the average person. And it's so not true. It's so not true. The average person does so many good things. They take care of, they, they, they are ethical and decent and obviously they're human and they have emotions and they have bad days and good days. But the majority of all of us, I imagine all the listeners and, and most of the people you know, if not all the people you know, are majority good. They do a lot of good things every single day. They, they do other things, but for some reason we focus too much on those. And when you're showing up in Rosh Hashanah and you believe that humanity is doomed and that people are inherently bad and that, that there's so much bad in this world, and you're showing up with that warped perception of reality, and how could you actually believe that next year is going to be better? Because aren't we just destined for this? This is our design. Everything is just terrible. But if you believe inherently that things are good, and that people are good, and you, and you show up to Rosh Hashanah not only believing in God, but believing in people, and most importantly, believing in yourself, not believing in yourself, rah, 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 I'm great, but believing in yourself that you have the potential to do things better, that you have the capacity to show up, that you have the capacity not to be a victim, that you have the capacity to create a healthier life for yourself. If you show up those ways, then, then the year is going to be awesome. But if we can't show up those ways, then what chances are you going to have? If we feel like a victim of circumstances, the world is going crazy and everything's crazy and I'm falling apart and I'm not coping and this is all overwhelming and this is too big for me and I can't do this anymore and all the other wonderful slogans that people say nonchalantly all the time, I'm just not coping, I'm just falling apart, I'm just, it's so overwhelming, I just can't do this anymore, this is crazy, I mean, oh my gosh, can you believe it? These narratives are very dangerous. Because how can you change a year if you believe that life is happening to you and you're not happening to life? How can I transform and make myself a better year with better choices, with healthier emotions, with better, more healthy ideas? How can I do that if I feel that life is just happening to me and I'm a victim of circumstances beyond me? I'm just that little kid in the image, like fighting this big monster against me, like um, I'm helpless. But if I believe inherently that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem set me up in this world with the skills necessary to live my life, and that despite all the challenges out there, the biggest challenge to me is myself, and the biggest asset to me is myself. In other words, despite all the challenges you might be going through in your life right now, the one who's causing you the biggest holdups is yourself, your own ideas, your own emotions. And the one who can change everything around is you. You're, if you change your ideas and if you change the way you, you approach this world, the way you navigate this world, it's all in our heads. And that means literally it's all in our heads, how we see reality, how we perceive reality, how we perceive ourselves, how we perceive our relationships the ideas that we show up to the world with. So as we show up to a new year, the first thing we have to check at the door and, and really you know, put under a microscope is which ideas do I have that are serving me well and which ideas do I have 
which are actually affecting me negatively. What perceptions am I showing up of? Am I showing up entitled? Or am I showing up angry? Am I showing up narcissistic? Am I showing up demanding? Am I showing up faribaldic? Am I showing up full of self-pity? Am I showing up that the world is just out to get me and paranoid? Am I showing up with a pessimistic? Am I showing up with fear? If I'm showing up with any of these stuff, then as much as I could stand and beg Hashem for a great year, no matter what Hashem changes in my life, if I'm afraid of my own shadow, my year is not going to be much better than this. Because here's the irony. Of course we ask Hashem for the, the prayers we need. We need, please Hashem give us life. Help us make a living, etc. Keep our kids healthy, keep us healthy. But the truth is we should also be looking at ourselves and saying, Lady, what kind of year are you going to give me? In other words, Lady, I'm talking to myself. What kind of year are you going to give? What headspace are you going to be in this year? What choices are you going to make? What narratives are you going to choose? Because obviously Hashem has a huge factor in, in how your year will play out. But so are you. That's why El, we focus on Shuva. We don't just focus on well, asking Hashem what we want from Him, but focusing on bettering ourselves. Not only that He should reward us with a good year, but that we should be in the right headspace to give ourselves a good year. Because other than God, the biggest factor in how your year is going to play out is you. I'm the biggest factor. And Hashem could send all the brachas, and please God, He does. But if I have, if I'm a narcissist, if I'm paranoid, if I'm full of fear, if I'm vengeful, if I'm full of self-pity, my year is not going to be great. Even if objectively it looks great, even if there's health and wealth and abundance, I won't have a happy year. Because inevitably, as human beings, they're going to disappoint me, and if I am fervent, then I will be disappointed, I will get angry, I will feel resentful, I'll feel self-pity, etc., etc., etc. So as much as you're showing up to Rosh Hashanah asking God for something, you also have to ask yourself, what kind of year are you going to give yourself? What's your plan? Please, God Hashem does give you all the brachot, all the blessings. Now what? What are you going to do with it? It's like, you know, you give your kid a million dollars, and now you're like, okay, Mazel Tov, he's great, he has a million dollars. But if they don't know what to do with it, it could be the worst thing that ever happened to them. See all the cases of lottery winners and what it's done to their lives. Or people fighting over wills. When there's a will, there's a war. So Rosh Hashanah is not only about showing up asking God, it's also about showing up and asking yourself. What's the plan? How am I going to do better? How am I going to show up like a better version of myself? How am I going to make sure that my relationships are healthier? How am I going to make sure that my Friday night tables are not just conversations of fear? That I don't only raise my kids in an atmosphere of paranoia and, and the world's coming to an end. Because let's be honest, when you're sitting at the Friday night table and you're telling your kid, if you don't do well in school, you're not going to get a job because da 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 and, and, and because of your color of your skin, you're not going to get this and you're not going to get that, and you're telling them all these narratives, whether you think they're true or not true, it's not even, it's beside the point. You're raising them with fear. 
I'd rather hide some of the so-called truths from my child. And they'll figure it out at some stage as well themselves. I'd rather hide some truth and raise them with a optimism about life, a promise that life's beautiful. Not them walking around feeling that because they're human, they're destroying the planet, and because they're human, they're terrible, and because they don't have the best education, they're going to do terrible, and this country's going to the dogs, and all these narratives, even if they're true, which are false, by the way. This is an awesome country and a beautiful life, despite its challenges. But even if they were true, the fear isn't worth it. You're not doing your kid any favor by making them be, walk around terrified of this world. You're doing them a huge favor by making them feel that there's full of promise. That yes, there's challenges, but they're up to the challenge. So ask yourself, if God gave you a perfect year the next year, how would your year turn out on your part? This is 11.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. But nobody likes these narratives. Oh, come on, Rabbi, if God gave me a great year, then everything would be great. Yeah. But the truth is that other than Hashem's purpose, the biggest factor in my life is me. I'm my uh, biggest asset, and I could be my biggest enemy. I could be a menace. My bad ideas can get in the way of my relationships. My lack of impulse control can destroy the life I have. My bad ideas can can take me down routes that are very unhealthy. Right? God does his part, but what's my part? We're in partnership. We often say, you know, why God doesn't um, mix in and save the world from itself. But the truth is, God did mix in. We're just not listening. He gave us the Torah. He gave, he gave us the Noahide laws. He gave us values. He gave us common sense. He gave us a tradition that goes back thousands of years of wisdom. We threw, we're throwing it away. We're going to look for wisdom in all the wrong places. And then we come and say, but how could God let the world go so pear-shaped? You know, go to fall apart, fall to pieces. And what, even though that statement isn't fully true, but there's no question that the society is struggling. But God did give us something. He gave us a manual. Are we listening to it? Are we reading it? Are we tapping into it? And I'm not only talking about the mitzvah, which is obviously very important. The wisdom, the way to see reality, the way to see ourselves. For example, if you put yourself at the center of your universe, God could create every miracle on the planet. But if it's all about you, you will not have a happy life. Fact! Your spouse won't like you or leave you. Your children won't like you or leave you. Your, your co-workers will not put you high you know, on their favorite person in the, in the work. You won't have close friends. Now, you could sit there standing over there saying, Why is God punishing me? Or you could say, what am I doing that's, that's messing me up so badly? And I'm not saying this is everything. There are some things that objectively obviously come from God. But there's so many of the issues in our life that blaming God is useless. It's my choices. How did God get mixed in? God didn't, God didn't force me to scream and shout and have an emotional meltdown. 
God doesn't force me to be jealous of you. God doesn't force me to get angry and resentful and fearful. It's my choice. Everything is in the hand of heaven besides our fear of heaven, besides the way we behave. Our behaviors are our own. And obviously, if without Hashem's help, we won't be able to fight our evil inclination and we need Hashem's help, we ask for it. But first of all, you have to ask. And second of all, you still have to show up. The king is in the field, but you have to show up to the field. You have to get out of your house and go greet the king. So as we're coming into a new year and we're going into Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, one of the most dangerous things we're coming with is after years of COVID, right? Last Rosh Hashanah, we didn't have a normal Rosh Hashanah because of COVID. Um, we started believing that the world is out of our control, right? This was something beyond our control. COVID was beyond us. And we started seeing the challenges as beyond us. I remember talking a few years ago on the show saying that our grandparents, they lived in the world and most of the big challenges in their life were outside of them. War, anti-Semitism, hatred, racism, bigotry, childhood illness, no, no advanced medicine, etc. Today, our challenges are local, or rather within, internally. Then came COVID, which was very much an external challenge, at least a big part of it. But now we're coming into this thing thinking that the challenges are bigger than us because that's what COVID did to us. It started thinking that the world outside is the big challenge, but the truth is the challenges are within us. The challenges right now are within mental health. The challenges are within the disintegration of family units. The challenges within us are our own ideas, our own perceptions, our own fear-mongering. And we show up to Rosh Hashanah and we dive in and we, 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 we dive into Hashem, but we also spend time making a cheshbon and nefesh and accounting and we ask, hey, fine, where am I holding? What am I doing with myself? Am I in a good place? Am I set up for success? And I don't mean financial success, although that's nice as well. I mean success in living a life of values, in living a life of integrity, living a life of healthy and enriching relationships, of living a physically healthy body, emotionally healthy, spiritually healthy, am I set up for success? And if not, what am I going to do about it? What am I going to do to change my reality? Am I going to set myself up more for success? Because each and every one of us has the power given to us by our Creator and because we are literally a part of infinity, our soul is part of Hashem's infinity, we have the capacity to totally recreate our lives. Not only by doing a small choice here and a small choice there and a mitzvah here and a mitzvah there, which is obviously extremely important, but by shifting our perception, going away from narratives that are destroying us to narratives that help us. A faribal, for example, is a narrative that's destroying you. Faribal comes from a sense of entitlement. I deserve that person treat me a certain way. 
Now, once in a while it's justified, but most of variables aren't justified. Why? Because if I was a little more humble and a little more secure within myself and not totally fragile, that every person's disagreement with me makes me fall apart, then I would be able to do just well. I would be able to forgive much easier. The fact that so many of us are showing up to Rosh Hashanah with a lot of variables, a lot of anger, a lot of resentment, is because there's something wrong with our narrative. If you have one variable, two variables, okay, maybe you're not the problem, you're not the common denominator. But if there's five to ten people in your life that you're not talking to, you have to ask yourself, I'm sorry for being this blunt, who's the common denominator in all this? And if it's you, then show up this year saying, I don't want to be the common denominator of any variable in my life. I don't like being variable. I want to be happy. I want to be gracious. I want to be forgiving. Turn to yourself and ask yourself for a big year. Obviously, after asking God for a big year. After you turn to God and ask Him, ask yourself, beg yourself, please, lady, can we do this better next year? Can we set ourselves up for a better year by making better choices and better paradigms? Because truthfully, other than dominating hard on Rosh Hashanah and asking God to do His part, this is the biggest factor in how our year will turn out. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Robert Levy Axon, and I want to wrap up the show with wishing you and yours you should be written and inscribed in the book of good life. And you should be have a good year and a sweet year, a zisayot. And it should be a year full of abundance and happiness and good occasions and good choices and self-honesty, and self-ownership, and lack of victimhood, and character, and goodness, and kindness. Because as this song from Mordechai Shapiro goes, nothing in your life will be as meaningful as making a positive change in the life of another. Have a great day. Shalom Tovah.